Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. In the studio with me now is Pak Hai Lin, who runs Zero Waste SG, and also Rob Kaplan, who is the founder and CEO of Circulate Capital, a Singapore based impact investment management firm. And uh, welcome to you both, uh, Rob, and to Hai Lin. Welcome to you both, Rob and Hylin. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks great. for having us. Oh, it's great to have you here. You know, this topic of of uh, you know the environment is. I mean, look, it's it's been important for decades now, but it seems to really be taking on new importance in the past few years, as yes. we see, especially the mountain of plastic that we're all drowning in. Hi, Lynn. Let's start with you. Tell us first a, a little bit about your advocacy work that Zero Waste SG is doing, uh, and trying to br- bring this co- to consciousness of Singaporeans. So Zero Waste Singapore is a non-profit, non-governmental organisation that aims to drive zero waste in Singapore through education and advocacy. And we focus on four key areas of waste. So plastic disposables is definitely one. There's food waste, household recycling, as well as organisational waste on a case-by-case basis. We have done campaigns over the couple of years, as well as workshops, outreach projects with various stakeholders in the country, from government, uh, from government to corporates, as well as grassroots. Yeah. And is that catching on? I mean, it's, people are starting to pay attention? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, especially with the um, surge in media attention with regards to plastic pollution as well as climate change. There has been an increase in the amount of interest um, from the ground. And it's a good sign to, you know, engage people with um, better knowledge. Yeah, that's that's great. And, and Rob Kaplan, CEO of Circulate Capital. Now, you have just started this Circulate Capital Ocean Fund, $106 million, to have some impact on what's happening in our oceans. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we were inspired by some research that found that most of the plastic that gets into the ocean comes from just a handful of countries here in Southeast Asia. And if we invest in waste recycling and, and something called the circular economy, we can take that waste from a cost and turn it into a resource for for economic development. And that's really why we've put this investment strategy together. And what does that look like in reality? You know, recycling is such a broad term, but yeah. or upcycling or whatever the, the cycling is that you may be working with. How, how does that really work with your fund? At the front lines of this, you're talking about massive amounts of waste. About 8 million tons get into the ocean every year. That's the same as a dump truck full of plastic backing up to the ocean and dumping every minute. So there's a lot of value that's being lost into the environment. And first thing you got to do is collect it. Then you got to sort sort it and aggregate it, process it, and manufacture using it. And so in each step of that way, you've got a company, an SME, a technology provider, and we invest in those companies. Yeah, there are two ways to look at this. One is it's, you know, emotionally, it's the right thing to do, right? Yes. Save the earth for our future. Uh, the other way is, you know, this can be a business opportunity, yeah. right? Which uh, clearly those two arguments have um, have their audiences. Highland, when you when you talk to people, are, do you f- do you feel from zero waste SG's perspective that that people are more on one side or more on the other of that argument, the emotional versus the capitalistic <laughs> side of it? I think it's a whole spectrum. Because uh, we've got more people that are engaged now, um, curious, uh, wanting to understand more, but we've also got uh, very pragmatic people who don't understand, okay, so what's the point? And, you know, if we if we go extreme, you know, cut out capitalism and all that, then everybody's going to lose their jobs. So what's going to happen to everyone? 
So we have uh, extreme reactions and there's the other side where people say um, we have to you know, achieve the 1.5 degree target by IPCC, by the UN. Otherwise, you know, the climate is going to uh, collapse and things like that, which you know, some, is, is, is something that might come true. Yeah, so various forms of reactions. Yeah, of course, you know, Money FM. Our most of our listeners are, well, I would say, all of our listeners are business people of, of one of one sort or another. And Rob, what do the opportunities look like when it comes to this idea of not only doing good, but but frankly, you know, making it pay off? Yeah. Well, we've recognized one clear thing as we've looked at this space is that it's going to take much more than the $100 million we've put together. It's going to take many billions of dollars. And our goal is to prove and demonstrate that by investing in this sector, we can make a return and make money because that's the only way we'll start to crowd in capital from institutional investors like sovereign wealth funds, pension funds, large-scale infrastructure funds, the folks that are financing the future of infrastructure in Asia. Mm. Um, So uh, for us, you know, there's not really an either or. Uh, you need to have that environmental impact and that financial return. Yeah. Speaking with Rob Kaplan, who is the CEO of Circulate Capital, just launched a $106 million fund to clean up ocean uh, plastic in oceans. And also Pak Hai Lin, who runs Zero Waste SG. And there is hardly a beach that you can go to or a coastal area that you can go to anywhere in Southeast Asia and not just be sickened by the amount of plastic and garbage and everything that's washed up. It seems, I've been in Asia about 30 years now, and and it's just exponentially worse almost every year, I would say. Now, I I don't know if the numbers actually bear that out, but that's just kind of my impression. How do we go about getting even the first handle on this, especially when you've got the factories in China and, and, and Vietnam and places like that that are just pumping out more and more of this waste that just never goes away? What do we do about that, Hylin? I think firstly, um, from a layman's point of view, we need to understand the situation first because if we if we don't find out more, it just comes information just comes in bits and pieces, and it depends on you know what context we're talking about. Are we talking about the Southeast Asian? Are we talking about the China context? Are we talking about the Singaporean context? And how the different geopolitics as well as uh, our relationship with each other affects all these uh, flows and supply and demands as well as um, you know information with regards to packaging as well as plastic waste. Mm. So I think reading up and after that, maybe trying to think about, okay, so where do I want to focus on this? Where do I want to go from here? And whether I am like, for example, an investor, whether I I am a government personnel, whether um, what kind of position am I then in? And then what can I do in my personal capacity to make a difference? But there, you know, there right at this moment, there's a dump truck of plastic yeah. being dumped in the ocean, as you just mentioned, Rob. Uh, you know, there are, there are, what, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of factories in, in various countries, like I said, China, Vietnam, at this very moment that are churning out plastic stuff that's going to end up either in a landfill or in the ocean or in an incinerator somewhere. So, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying, but it doesn't have to be a bigger you know, how, don't we have to approach this from a larger scale or a larger level in some way to, to yes. really stem to stem this? Rob, yeah. what do you think? No, and I think the challenge is how do you define the problem, yes. right? Mm. If we're talking about ocean do, plastic. Do we have a common definition of it? Well, it, if we're talking about ocean plastic, we're yeah. talking about 8 million tons of plastic that get into the ocean every year, right? Yeah. That's actually not that much. Here in Singapore, we generate about 10 million tons, 8 mm. to 10 million tons a year of 
of waste total. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a way to wrap our heads around this challenge of the plastic that's getting into the environment. And we know, you know, you don't need rocket science or a crazy new technology to stop litter. Yeah. Right. Like there is a, there's actually a lot of hope. It's one of the reasons why we set this up, that we think this is something that can actually be solved. If you start talking about the challenges of plastic as a global ecosystem, um, it's a much bigger challenge. And that's when you need really uh, multilateral and global commitments around the world to uh, try and figure out how can we turn all this production that you talked about and turn that from just a linear economy where it's take, make, waste, mm. and think about it as a circular opportunity in economic development. So that instead of that waste, we're turning that into new resources for future. Yeah. Hi, Lynn. How much of Singapore's waste is actually recycled? Or just my impression is most of it ends up in the incinerator. And then, uh, and then the ash ends up out on the island, uh, uh, you know, that they're that they're building off uh, yeah. off the southern. The southern. percentage of plastic being recycled has decreased over the years. So last year in 2018, we've got only four percent compared to 2017 when we've got six, as mm. well as uh, you know, slightly more in the previous years. I think the so six percent of plastic is recycled. Yes, and last year it was only four. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, why do we even bother with the recycling bins? I mean, seriously, you know. I mean, okay. Is it even worth it? <laughs> For the recycling bins, um, it is definitely still worth it because there are other materials that are still worth recycling. I mean, plastics uh, is just one. We've sure. got paper, uh, cans as well as glass. I mean, uh, metal is definitely the most valuable resource of all the materials. Hmm. So the recycling bin definitely makes sense. When it comes to plastic, it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. There is a kind of a recycling conundrum across Southeast Asia because, you know, China has closed, China has closed its doors. Hmm. Um, probably other countries around Southeast Asia starting soon as well. But if we don't collect it and, you know, think about wanting to process it ourselves, then does it mean that you would just continue going to incineration? There are, so, so the 4% yes. of plastic that's, or 6%, depending on the year, of plastic that is, that is recycled in Singapore, is it actually recycled here or is it sent someplace else? Uh, to be it recycled. is mainly sent someplace Where else. does it go? Do we know? Our Southeast Asian partners, as well as uh, last time it used to be China as well, one of them. Right. But now usually mainly Southeast Asia. I would Southeast say. Asia, yes. yeah. And that's where the investment opportunity comes in mm. because if that material is being collected and being currently sent to incineration or other destinations, if you can create a greater market for that, then any rational actor will say, well, I'd rather send it over here because I can get paid than send it to the incinerator where it costs me money to, to put it in mm. the uh, pay a tipping fee is what they call it. Right. So that's where we start to say, like, this is a market-based solution opportunity. Mm. If you can create more value and create a market for that stuff that currently ends up in the environment, um, and that's where we've seen it work, too, across many parts of Southeast Asia for PET plastic, which is what water bottles are made out of. Mm. You can see 80, 90, 95% recycling rates, mm. some mm. of the highest in the world. If you compare that to like the U.S. In, in Singapore or globally? Uh, in the region of Southeast Asia. Yeah. Um, because you've got local markets that are responsive to that market, to local collection systems that are responsive to that market. And you've got mostly apparel because most of those bottles go into clothing like recycled polyester oh, that, right? that we're all probably wearing here today, yeah. Yeah. right? So if you have someone who's willing to pay and they're willing to pay enough, then it can get collected and processed and sorted. So th there is an investment opportunity there as we think about the material currently in Singapore that doesn't get recycled. How do we create a market that will uh, shift it? So the market, the, the, the transportation chain, you know, it's got to go from here to Pakistan or somewhere else to be recycled, the plastic. Are the economics still in favor of it? Or have we reached that, that uh, tipping point where it, it makes more sense to recycle than to just produce it new? It depends on the local economics and how far you're transporting it. The one thing that 
causes the biggest challenge in recycling economics is how far you have to yeah. ship it. Because yeah. the further you do it, the less value you can extract from it. Yeah. So that's why domestic localized sorting and processing yeah. and creating more value out of that rather than saying we'll just ship it to somewhere yeah. far away, yeah. that's when you start to lose yeah. the value. There are actually technologies that are you know waiting to be um, explored as well as developed, um, actually already developed and ready. And, and we can start to consider setting up something in Singapore itself. But the problem now that we have is that we don't have enough volume. Yes. So that actually affects the economical scalability because of Singapore that technology is so small. as well. Is it, is it because, we're, because we're not doing enough to recycle the plastic we have? Or is it just because in a city of 6 million people, it's just not big enough? I think we're definitely not doing enough for collection as well as um, reduction of contamination-wise. And yes, probably um, beyond that, we probably have to pull our resources together across yes. um, our neighbouring countries to kind of make that make it market I sense. Th- I think that's the, sense out of it. Yeah, I think that's the leadership opportunity for yeah. Singapore is yes, definitely. how do you play a regional role mm. where you say not just Singapore's waste is our problem, but waste that's coming out of Malaysia, out of Indonesia. That's when you can start to get real vo- uh, volume and economies of scale to put yes. in infrastructure to manage yes. it. So let's let's close off. First of all, are you hopeful that we are getting our hands and our heads and our wallets around this? And B, when are we actually going to see, when do you think we could see, what's the time horizon to see the oceans getting cleaner, to see our beaches getting cleaner, because there is, in fact, less waste going into them? Hi, Lynn, I'll start with you. I think I'll sit on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I think I think with regards to, I mean, technology aside, I'm not worried about technology. Mm. It's more of a political will as well as how people are being educated to actually take action across the system and supply chain. I think that is something that we all have to work together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've worked in environmental sustainability topics for over 20 years, and I've never seen a topic go from zero to 60 miles an hour um, or kilometers an hour yeah. <laughs> uh, in such a short period of time. Yeah. Um, the yeah. awareness the uh, among consumers, among voters, among citizens, among governments has never seen anything like it. And uh, that gives me a lot of hope for we're at a bit of a tipping point here where mm. you've got resources committed. And the question is not should we do something, it's how we do something. Mm. And what do you think, what's that going to look like for you, Rob? We're investing over the next five to ten years. That's where I'm, that's my time horizon. I think we can cut this, the flow of plastic in half over that, over that time frame. All right, Pat Hai Lin, who runs Zero Waste SG, and Rob Kaplan, CEO of Circulate Capital, a $106 million fund to clean up the ocean plastic. Thanks to both of you for coming on. Thank, Thank you so much, Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.